0: What's up? Howdy! It's a brand new episode of the Midnight Narwhals podcast.
1: It is. It is the next one sequentially from the previous one. Yep. That is true. You can assign a number to it if you wish. We probably will not do that.
0: Yeah. At first I was upset we weren't doing numbers, but now I'm glad because it's one less thing for me to have to deal with. You're welcome. Um, Yeah. I think... The last episode I edited was the last time we brought up numbers and it was awesome. So, yeah, I just, I
1: was very, very much like, I cannot be held responsible for remembering <laughs> episode numbers. Yeah. That is, that is an immediate failure for the entire podcast. So if we just do away with it, I don't look dumb.
0: Yeah. Well, especially when we're, we're alternating episodes, like it's like, what episodes do I, do I have? But yeah. By the way, I'm James. I'm one of your, your hosts.
1: I am also a host. Mm-hmm. My name is Andy. Cool. I mean, it's not cool. It's just my name.
0: It's the name yeah. that you. It's the name that you know you like to go by.
1: I mean, we've talked about this on a podcast previously.
0: Yeah, we have. So we don't have to like <laughs> deep dive into it. I'm just. I just don't want to ask you how your day was again, and like that's what I almost asked you for a third time in a row. So. Because <laughs> that's how my brain works. Well, we
1: had kind of just come up with a a script already in place. Mm -hmm. And so you were naturally following the script, which wasn't actually scripted, but we had actually talked through previously. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yep, that's the truth. That's what happened.
1: So my day was great. Thanks for asking. Oh, yeah. Jerk.
0: That's good to hear. That's good to hear.
1: Actually, it was super average. There was nothing stand out about today.
0: Mm. Mine was hectic. Like, I hate... One of the aspects of my job is that we get non scheduled work sent to us throughout the day to kind of pad our times if we're like oh. running ahead of schedule, which is great for the paycheck because it's like, oh, I could, like, all I had scheduled today was three jobs.
1: More money. But
0: seven non scheduled jobs were sent to us. Goodness gracious. And typically, depending on who I work with, I only. I hate you. Uh,
1: (laughs) It's every time, and it's always you.
0: (laughs) Depending on who I work with, I only do like one, two, maybe three of the non scheduled jobs because we don't have to do any. It's just an option. But then there's one guy I work with that if you send him a non scheduled job, he will do it. And it frustrates the heck out of me because it's like, I like, no, like I'll work hard if I know when I have to work hard till, like, it's the aspect of like, oh, this, this will be our last job. And then we'll finish it. And he's like, actually, no, we'll do this other one. And then it's like, actually, no, we'll do this other one. And it's just that continued on. Like, if you tell me at the front of the, the beginning of the day, hey, we've got three scheduled and then seven non-scheduled, we're going to try to do all of them. I'm like, I'm down for that. Okay. But I'm not down for me doing, us doing the threes that we're supposed to do. And then, maybe like it just not being communicated to me that hey we're going to try to do as opposed to just being like "Ah, it just sucks and it's frustrating because I can't prepare myself for like what's ahead and so by the time I finally got done with stuff today like I had I only had a few hours to like complete like preparing for this this episode I had plans with a friend and we had dinner plans with my family and like I, I don't know I haven't stopped since I came off the clock and it was just a hectic day so
1: so what you're saying is that communication is important
0: communication is important in every aspect of life i feel like but well that's uh, why we're doing this podcast yeah very much so to communicate Mm. our
1: thoughts and ideas to the the world world.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: except for people who don't
0: have the internet well i mean it's 2021 if they don't have the internet it's kind of their own fault
1: i mean but also to be fair no
0: one's listening as it is i mean there's some people there's some people that listen i was talking to someone this past weekend who listens
1: well that was good i I did not yeah he loves it him and his wife love it did you pay them no do they listen together or separate separately so they are half our views (laughs) listens awesome (laughs) (laughs) You guys know who you are. Thanks. Shout out, Shout out <laughs> to you in Virginia.
0: Oh, I'm glad you you picked up what I was putting down. On, I knew uh, exactly who it was. Yeah,
1: you sent me a Snapchat. Oh yeah, about I did.
0: it. Yeah, that I was that I, I was of him. Yeah, I about that. I'm with
1: this person mm-hmm. who enjoys our podcast. Yeah, he does. Exact quote.
0: I don't think I said that in the in the in the thing. Actually, I no, just go with it. Okay i'm going with it yeah no, i said no, that now cool and cut it out yeah so andy i i don't think you know about this or if you do you know very little about this topic insulting um well it's not so much a thing against your intelligence it's just i don't think like it's not taught it's not brought up it's not discussed really or elaborated on and i find it interesting humorous and so that's why I'm bringing it up. Also, we need a little bit lighter of a topic after two weeks in a row of really dark stuff. Um, Cannibalistic chimney sweep children. Yeah, <laughs> it's been a it's been a dark couple episodes, <laughs> and I'm I'm gonna turn that around here. Bring in the sunshine as spring blossoms through the air.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. Um, but before I get into the top, before I I reveal what this is I I request that you share a story with the listeners one that I think is awesome hilarious one that I I won't be surprised if you forgot that you told me (laughs) or well I there's no or will you share the story of the time that you uh house sat for your wife's family and there was a um, animal situation <laughs> that you had to <laughs> that you had to, to to
1: deal with. So you want me to tell the story of my firstborn son? Yes. <laughs> okay. I had no idea where you were going with this story, or with this request. Okay. If I had known, I would have prepared something. Ooh. Oh my. So back before I was dating the woman who is my current wife Mm -hmm. and only wife. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So it's not like I had one previously to her. Yeah. She's the only one I've ever had. Yep. But before we were even dating, I was friends with her family. And they had what I lovingly referred to as the ranch that they lived on. It was like five acres of land. And they had cows and goats and chickens and Bobcats who ate the chickens and lots of other things that ate chickens. And they were all going out of town. And because I was friends with the family, they were like, hey, you're a single guy who has not much going on. So why don't you come and watch our animals while we go camping for the weekend? I was like, okay, cool. I like the animals. Also, I like your daughter. And if I do a good job with this, maybe y'all will think highly of me. And things will work out spoiler alert they did and so they were giving me like the tour of like here's what you need to do and the goats eat this and here's the chicken feed and cow feed and all that sort of stuff and they're walking me out and my mother-in-law she says we think that cow might be pregnant but I mean, it's not something you had to worry about. She's got a few more months before she pops out, but we're pretty excited that we're going to actually finally have a calf around this place. I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. Like that would, that's, that cool. I'm on board with that. And so they leave and I'm reclining in their living room watching Gladiator. Nice. And all of a sudden there's a knock on the front door and I'm like, that's weird. So I open the front door and it's some dude who I have never seen or met before in my life. And he was returning a piece of equipment into their backyard. And he said, hey, are they home? I was like, no, it's me. Hi, I'm Andy. He's like, oh, okay. Um, Well, I was just gonna let you know that I think that cow's given birth. I was like, what? And the dude was like, yeah, okay. Just thought you should know, bye. And peace (laughs) is out. He's like gone. And I don't know if I've made it very clear over the previous episodes of this podcast or not, but I am not someone who has spent a lot of time on a farm or around animals or birth of any sort. And so I walk out into the backyard in my tank top, basketball shorts, and flip-flops because that's what I had. And sure enough, that mama cow who wasn't supposed to be giving birth for another three months is giving birth. How do I know this? Well, two things. Thing number one, the very clear moos of pain that are emanating from her mouth. Bellows from her mouth, probably a good term. Um, And then also the snout of a calf sticking out of her backside. I immediately realize that I am out of my league and out of my depth. And call my future father-in-law like hey so i know you've been gone for a total of two and a half hours however this cow's giving birth and i don't know what to do please help so he's like well just you know do what you can to help i don't know what that is Like, do I need, like, I didn't go to Cal Lamaze class. <laughs> I don't have soothing music on hand. Yeah. I am, I don't know what to do. So like, fine, let me call some folks. They'll call you, you know, hopefully they'll be able to come over and help. I was like, okay, cool, great. So I'm standing out there and the bellows are getting louder and she's clearly in more pain. And at this point, we've got like half a head sticking out. Now the backside of this this cow and so I get a phone call from these other folks who I know these people they are super into 4h okay. they are very rednecky okay like so rednecky I hit a wild hog with my car one time and they heard came over and grabbed the roadkill to go butcher it that's awesome that's that's what we're talking rednecky wise. yeah. So they call me like hey i'm like hey, hey <laughs> friends so here's the the situation and i provided them the details and they're asking like yeah like how dilated you think she is i'm like i don't know once again i've not been to heifer lamaze class yeah <laughs> i don't know anything i'm not
0: holding a ruler up there and to, so they're they're like
1: okay so is is the calf seeming to come out pretty easily I'm like what, no i don't think like this calf's not really like it's in the last 30 minutes we've seen maybe like an inch more of it they're like oh that's not a good sign like okay so where are y'all at? well, well we're an hour away and at that point, panics really started kind of creeping in. They're like, so you're going to have to go ahead, get that calf out because <laughs> oh. if that calf stays in there, you'll lose not just the baby, but the mother as well. Oh, no. And so I said, okay, how do I like, do I squeeze the sides of the cow? Like what, what goes on here? <laughs> like a tube of toothpaste, you know, Yeah. <laughs> out it comes. That's how it works. Physics. Yep. And turns out they were like, no, that's not what you it's do. That's not how you do it. You take your hands and you have to pull the calf out. Okay. <laughs> I do not like bodily fluids of any sort. <laughs> oh man. But I'm also like, I've got to do this because I need to impress this girl. Yeah. So, which of course she's not even there.
0: Also, but- also if you if you if not that you would be the one that killed it, but like if the cow died on your watch, yeah, three
1: could... hours after they left,
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, we left
1: and he immediately killed the cow and the baby that the children were all really excited about having. Yeah. So cool, good job, yeah. X him out of our lives. Mm-hmm. So, also, like the two front legs of this calf are also beginning to poke out as well, and so i'm like so do i grab the legs of this calf like yes like okay also like as i'm about to put the phone to like also look out because she might try to kick you as you're back there (laughs) well cool i'm not a ninja (laughs) i can't avoid things like that i'm not looking to have a broken femur so i walk up and i put a hand on each one of the calves. Like it's basically like right above the hoof Mm -hmm. is all that sticking out that and like the snout of this thing. And I start pulling. Well, one of the things that I knew, but didn't know in a tangible visceral sense was that birth is gross. And so I didn't just touch fur. I touched amniotic fluid. And so I'm trying to pull on these legs. And what is really happening is I'm basically milking amniotic goo off of these legs, almost like an udder of a cow. You're like and that's all. And I'm not getting any traction, any anything. And so I wipe like one hand off as best as I can off in the grass. And I pick the phone back up. I'm like, hey. So I tried. I can't get like this ain't happening (laughs) y'all that's slippery and it's disgusting and Uh, I want to die and so they're like well what you got to do you need to get your hand behind the like the back of the skull like where the skull and the neck join and you get like kind of on the back of that the skull and pull from there like yeah but that's not sticking out (laughs) and they're like uh, yeah we know oh no I'm like, are you, is there no other way? And they say, no, there is no other way. Oh man. So there I am once again, out in a pasture with a cow giving birth, wearing flip-flops and basketball shorts. And so I take my hand and it goes Mm -hmm. in a place I don't even want to describe. Yep. (laughs) Trying to find the back of this calf's head. Oh my gosh think I find it and start pulling. And I actually get the whole head out. Oh, wow. And then it's not moving anymore. Like, I'm not getting that cap. Like, it literally, I cannot get that thing out at all. And at this point, of course, like, the mother is super upset mm-hmm. with me. She didn't try kicking me. But literally, I get the head out. And I'm like, oh, yes, yeah, something's happening. Like, <laughs> feeling really, really good about myself. And she starts walking away. Oh. which I I don't know if I can adecu- adequately describe the view of this, but imagine a cow walking <laughs> away from me <laughs> with another cow head it's, and front legs it's like... sticking out the back and wiggling and swaying with every single step. <laughs> Is
0: the baby cow like mooing, like making noise, or is it just not kinda... re-
1: like it's move like it's moving? It's not mooing, so okay. it's not necessarily like making noises. Yeah. But I can only imagine it's like what in I. That's how it I starts life. Think, I don't think is, I like is, it. Is, is this existence? <laughs> is this the rest of my life? This weird uh, swaying thing. Oh my goodness! And so you know, I wipe off my hand again, and I'm like, hey, so it's now like the she's running away Mm. and also the bull dad has really taken some really close interest in what i'm doing and he is really not liking me being around his lady Mm. and this bull is big like he is big and muscular and even
0: a small bull is still a bull like it's still like this is a
1: good size bull like this wasn't even just like a small one He's, he's a he's a hefty fella and so they're like, okay, well, you know, you just stay close by. We're on our way. We're getting close, cool, whatever. So about 30 minutes go by and they pull in. And so they're like, oh, well, okay, blah, blah, blah. here's what this should be this way, blah, blah, blah. and like they're t- talking all this cow birthing lingo, yeah. which I don't know what that is. And so they're like, okay, well, here's what we're going to do. We're going to get a rope and we're going to pull out the calf. So they get a rope, they tie it around the, the legs and the head of the calf. And so we start pull, like we pulling on the rope and that thing's not coming out. And so then we put a person on either side of the cow, like on the backside, like, like propping her in place mm-hmm. to then pull on the rope with the other people. And we do that and nothing's happening. And of course the bull is really getting, ag- getting agitated. And so their son, who once again, like 4-H rodeo champion yeah. sort of guy, he runs to his car, pulls out not one, but two bull whips, Like Indiana Jones-style bull whips. And he's freaking dual-wielding these things out in the pasture. <laughs> and oh, just, I didn't know this D-bash! D-bash! part. Yeah. D-bash! and just like yell at the bull and i'm going this is one of the most amazing things i've ever seen i didn't
0: know this part this is this is a new part of the story straight
1: up dual wielding these whips driving the bull away and keeping the bull back away from us while we're trying to pull this calf out of the mom wow and so he's doing that and i'm trying to watch that because i'm like you're literally like getting that big old spot yeah every like gunshot sort of thing with both hands every single time like machine gun fire sort and of bull he, whip thing just going. though
0: he had two bull whips in his car too like that's just like a thing just, he just had. hanging around yeah of course just, why would yeah. you
1: not have that no duh
0: everyone's got him
1: yeah. plus the rope mm-hmm. <laughs> and so literally we're not able to pull the cap out and so like okay it's time to bring in the big guns and i'm like i what what could be bigger than literally tying a rope around the calf and pulling it out? Turns out it was their car. Yep. And by car, I mean their Toyota Sequoia. Mm. And so they backed that Joker up into the field. We looped one end of, like, looped kind of the rope around the trailer hitch. Had two people holding the calf or the, the cow, the mom, yeah. like keeping her in place. And then everybody else is holding on to the, the other end of the rope with it around the trailer hitch. And so they kind of give it a gas a little bit. And we're like really strong. I'm on the cow. Like, I don't know why I got stuck on the cow, but I'm on the cow. And so I'm trying to hold her in place and they're kind of slowly revving the engine because of course, like we don't want to go like really super fast sure. and then just like completely destroy the mom because we want her to live. She's valuable because meat. Yeah. And also I guess motherhood or something, I don't know. <laughs> and, and eventually literally by using the Toyota Sequoia, we pull the calf out from the mother. And that is the story of my firstborn son. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I don't remember when or where you initially told me that story, but it has stuck with me <laughs> for many years. Just the images of you there with the 4H people pulling it out with a truck, basically. Like, but I did like the addition of the bullwhips. That's new to me. Uh, yeah, that that's and that. it's pretty legitimate. That's cool.
1: By the way, two of their kids made money as teenagers, literally wrestling alligators out of local ponds in Florida oh and moving them to other places. The That's first awesome. one was the guy with a dual wielding bullwhips. The next one was like a 14-year-old girl.
0: That's awesome. I love Florida. <laughs> well, all of that um... – See, when I decided on this episode topic, I thought that would be a decent segue, a story. One, it's a story. I cannot wait for this topic. Um, Well, (laughs) what do cows produce? Calves. Okay. Hamburgers. Okay. Close. Like, what do they produce when they're still alive? Manure. That we consume. Carbon dioxide. Okay. Just say it. (laughs) I need you to say it. Milk. Milk. Thank you. Milk. Yes, they produce milk. Um, Milk makes cheese and other dairy products. Yes. Yeah. What do you know of the cheese shortage of the 1970s? I know
1: nothing about the cheese shortage of the 1970s. I literally read something today about a cheese shortage in Norway that happened over like five years ago. Okay, And I went, I need to research this. This could be an episode.
0: So this is the episode about the cheese shortage of the seventies and the government cheese distribution of the 1980s. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I know nothing about this. Awesome. Okay. So we begin, let me pull up my notes here. (laughs) so excited i love cheese okay (laughs) i I don't think you'll like this cheese but give me if it's craft singles i don't it's not craft singles like we'll get into like what it tastes like and stuff in a second but um yeah so this starts in the 1940s in 1949 the agricultural act of 1949 gave the commodity credit corporation uh, which CCC. The CCC, which is a government owned corporation dedicated to stabilizing farm incomes. It gave them the authority to purchase dairy products like cheese from farmers for the government, okay. For the government to use however they see fit, whether that's providing food for the troops or for the prisons or schools or foreign aid, whatever, whatever they wanted dairy stuff for they could use it.
1: I was wondering why the government would have need of cheese, but now yeah. I understand.
0: Well, also, they were trying to help farmers out because dairy farmers especially were hit hard, one in the depression, but also like dairy, the dairy market fluctuates a lot and has actually been on a decline steadily since the seventies. Um got at milk least, at least demand. We'll get into got milk um wow yes we're going all the way to the late 90s yes yes we are dang it dang it i was hoping you
1: wouldn't bring that up yet but you did the excitement on your face yeah
0: oh like i just think it's so it's so eclectic and nobody knows about this and like so well some people do because like it kind of gets into like they're
1: dairy farmers. Well,
0: they're dairy farmers, or they're people that were on like on the welfare in the eighties and nineties um, okay. that received some of this government cheese distribution. But because dairy farmers were hit hard, and they were going out of business and and losing their farms and losing their land and losing their livelihood, the government, which you know, the government's always out for the betterment of its citizens always always um they're like hey we've got a great idea that's going to help these farmers out we'll buy some of their stuff from them at a set cost and so anything that the market doesn't they can't sell on the market we'll buy it from them at this cost and so they're trying to help the farmers out it's kind of how it started but it wasn't really implemented a ton until the 70s so okay um there was a dairy shortage in 1973 and the cost of foods like cheese shot up by like 30 percent which is pretty drastic i'd still buy it oh yeah it's
1: it's essential for my life
0: i'm i'm sure it is (laughs) is that a fat joke no it's not a fat joke (laughs) because you're not fat um i know fat people You're not one of them. Yeah. Ph80. So, yeah, there was a cheese, there was a dairy shortage in the 1970s because farmers were like, well, we're going to, we're producing less. So, there's not a demand for it. So, we're not going to make a bunch for it. But then demand skyrocketed and they couldn't keep up with it. And so, for a while, people were
1: like, I need cheese in my life
0: and butter. Yeah. And so, 1977, Jimmy Carter was. Just elected president, and he ran. there, I like peanuts. Yeah, he ran on a campaign to actually increase the price of milk by six cents per gallon. I don't understand. I don't quite understand why that would help everybody, but he was kind of looking at it like, hey, we're going to help farmers out because it's going to get them more money, and they're going to produce more because the demand's going to rise and all all this other weird stuff. Interesting. After he was elected. Jimmy Carter's government injected two billion dollars into the dairy industry over Whoa. his four, over his four year term. Whoa! Two and that's like billion dollars in in today's money. Yeah, two billion in in late seventies, early eighties money. Goodness! Yeah, over four years to so like then they they were just like we want to take care of dairy farmers, we want to take care of the like so that's what they did. And doing that, they bought a ton of stuff and the government buys like food all the time from farmers. They buy grain, they buy corn, they buy other stuff and use it like I just like uh-huh. I just told you for feeding the troops, foreign aid, uh, public schools, prisons, um, other things like that. Welfare distribution. Um dairy doesn't keep like corn does unfortunately so there's Wait what? Yeah. It kind no. of basically starts to spoil the second it comes out of the cow. Yes. Um so there's not really a great way to store it unless you process it into cheese or like powdered milk or like I don't know. Uh just any any anything else like butter um those mm-hmm. are probably your three best options if you're the government and you have a ton of dairy on your hands like milk on your hands. Cheese um, and butter are always two of my top three options. Butter's great. Anything. Yeah. I think I like butter more than cheese just cuz I use it more, but cheese is amazing. Mm, but geez. I mean, we'll be praising cheese uh for most of this episode. So um, I won't get into that, but I've got some brie in the fridge. I'm tempted to pull it out now. Yeah, just eat it while we're. I'm drinking a dairy product. I'm drinking uh, Chick Fil A's little like chocolate milk, uh, like coffee thing that they have. Like, okay, it's really good. Um, all that to say, um, yeah. In the '70s, it was an odd time for dairy farmers because, like, it was flip flopping between like them being broke or them being extremely rich because there was a massive shortage of stuff in the early parts of the decade. And then $2 billion of, of like, just, Hey, we want your dairy, um, was coming in toward the back end of the decade. So it was a weird time to be a dairy farmer. Um, I say all that when the eighties rolled around and a very different man took office, things were different. Now, So
1: you're claiming Reagan does not like dairy farmers. No, 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 no,
0: no. (laughs) He dislikes pointless government spending. Okay. $2 billion of dairy, I would think, is pointless government spending in his eyes. I'd eat it. Yeah. But obviously, with that influx of cash, farmers started producing as much milk as they could in order to take advantage of like, this government support because obviously ring them heifers dry it wasn't just like hey here's two billion dollars it's like you have to produce the stuff and then we'll pay you the two billion or whatever Mm -hmm. it came out to be so the government purchased the milk dairy farmers couldn't sell and then began to process it into cheese butter or dehydrated milk powder because those are the three best ways to store it as dairy farmers produced more and more milk stockpiles of this stuff (laughs) ballooned would you like to take a guess at how many pounds... Oh, no. ...was of the... Of butter? ...of dairy product. Do you, um, when you say it like that, it sounds unappealing. Okay, cheese, butter, and dehydrated milk. Those we can just say things. cheese
1: and butter, and then... We don't
0: even have to mention dehydrated milk. Okay, that sounds fine. gross, too. How many pounds of cheese of and cheese butter... Cheese and butter. ...do you think the U.S. government had as a result of this $2 billion influx of cash... I want to say 386
1: million pounds of cheese and butter. No,
0: 500 million pounds of (laughs) cheese and butter. Uh, Oh, that's my dream right there. 500 million pounds of cheese and butter were stored in hundreds of warehouses across the United States. So the warehouse business, 55 states actually. Yeah, 55, or th- I mean, 35 states. There's no, There's only 50 states. I
1: was like, 55
0: states. Yeah, 35 states housed 500 million pounds of this government cheese. All right. Yeah. Now, the huge supply was a problem, but there was another catch, and that is the government had no idea what to do with all of that cheese. Eat it. Duh. Yeah. A USDA official told the Washington Post in 1981 Probably the cheapest and most practical thing to do with all of this is to just dump it in the ocean. <laughs> we gonna fatten them whales up, baby. Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what to do with all this stuff. Just dump it in the ocean. That that'll be that'll take care of it.
1: <laughs> I miss the '80s and rampant pollution when no one cared.
0: <laughs> no one cared. <laughs> Screw you, polar bears. Enjoy yeah. heart disease. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I've gone fishing with cheese before, like but like like the little cubes of it and just put it like when I couldn't What a waste of cheese. It was like it was it was past its expiration date and it was like what you would say is garbage cheese, like Velveeta cheese. So Well that's not
1: cheese.
0: Okay. I mean Do you wanna know what this government cheese was? Velveeta cheese. Kind of. So obviously farmers are like you'll like the government said we'll spend x amount of money on whatever cheese you sell us it ain't gonna be good cheese it's not gonna be good cheese now the government hired somebody multiple people but these people were cheese graters (laughs) g-r-a-d-e-r-s not graters so i was really
1: disappointed
0: yeah. yeah So they grade the cheese, like the level of it. Like, is this acceptable, right?
1: They're like, this is bad cheese. This is average cheese. This is Gouda cheese.
0: Yeah. So sorry. It's fine. I was I was waiting for it. Um, <laughs> brie it on. Um, did you say brie it on? I did. <laughs> <laughs> so these cheese graders, what they would do is like, if you were- Shred if it. You, if- <laughs> if if you wanted to sell cheese to the US government they would send the grater out to you they would have this metal tube that they would jam into the cheese and get like a core sample of it a core sample of cheese a core sample right? of cheese and uh, it would be graded on like a varying uh, on color on consistency on taste on so like
1: diamonds
0: like, yes yeah Um on a, on a color wide array ahead. of things. And most of the people, the graders said that what they were getting most often was very much like a sharp cheddar-esque um, flavor from this American cheese. I love cheese. cheddar cheese. Now, it had to be grade A. So all of this cheese was grade A American cheese that had a taste like sharp cheddar. okay. That's how it started. So they obviously didn't throw it all in the ocean. Unlike a USDA official said that would probably be the most practical thing to do. Imagine having that much cheese where you're just like, we don't know what to do with it. Let's just dump it. Let's just throw it all away. That's horrible. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there was, there was some confusion as to how long the, the American cheese could last on the shelf. You know, nothing lasts forever, especially dairy products. And even if you process it in cheese, that eventually, like, even, like, crazy processed cheese will go bad at some point. So officials scrambled behind the scenes to try to figure out how to deal with the cheese.
1: Uh, (laughs) How to deal with using it on scrambled eggs.
0: I love putting cheese in my in my scrambled eggs it's awesome so yeah this cheesy conundrum became public when the agricultural secretary john r block that is his name
1: (laughs) he's dealing with cheese (laughs) the puns write themselves
0: Uh, he showed up at the at a white house event with a five pound block of greening moldy cheese and showed it to the press and says, we've got 60 million of these that the government owns. It's moldy, it's deteriorating, and we can't find a market for it. We can't sell it. We're looking to try to give some of it away. That's how the U.S. public learned about this. Up until this point, they had no idea that there was 500 million pounds of cheese that their taxpayer dollars had gone to buy. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. So, as the public got wind of the existence of all this surplus surplus cheese, it began to sharply criticize President Ronald Reagan. Yeah, he had been elected in part by bandying about inaccurate stereotypes of like welfare mm-hmm. people and poor people uh, who were gaming the system and um, welfare queen. Yeah, that's what that's it is. The t- that's the term that came up. At that well, point. Welfare queens, yeah. Um, and early in 1981, he had pledged to reduce the federal food stamp program. There were hungry Americans. And yep. there were plenty of them that were suffering from the aftereffects of a recession that happened in the 70s. And just with that comes, hey, we can't afford food. And that's a problem. Yeah. So when it's coming out that the government has... <laughs> 500 million pounds of food going to waste in a time when they're like kind of stripping welfare stuff away like people are upset so why not give them the cheese it's moldy yeah uh not all of it is but some of it stuff's getting there right okay uh so in december of 1981 reagan relented and said at at a time this is a quote at a time when american families are under increasing financial pressure their government cannot sit by and watch millions of pounds of food turn into waste as a result he said that he'd free 30 million pounds of cheese from the country stockpile only 30. Oh. Wow. there's so still, generous. there's still 470 million pounds left for the government <laughs> 30 million pounds is still a lot of cheese so it's much still cheese. a lot of cheese he created the temporary emergency food assistance program, and that began handing out blocks of processed cheese to the elderly, low-income people, and organizations that serve them, so like food banks and stuff. Okay. Now, this cheese, when it was the, when it was just like the government stockpile, it was either in a forty-pound block or a Hold on. I read that wrong. Here you go, old lady who can barely walk. Take (laughs) a 40-pound block of (laughs) cheese. It was either – okay, no, I read that right. It was either in a 40-pound block or a 200-pound barrel. That's how it was stored. So the government's like, we can't just roll a barrel down the street and be like, come out with your knives and and just slice we, it you up. You like, yeah, but they weren't going to. So they processed it even more. Now in oh, doing God. that, in doing that, it even further longed the shelf life, and they processed it. You could either get it in a um, in a four pound or in a five pound or a two pound block. Um okay. and think of it like like the pictures I've seen are like the Velveeta like blocks that like it comes in, yeah, and it's like in that clear metal, like clear foil, like or not clear foil, that tin foil wrapping yeah. um around essentially a brick of, of cheese. Okay, yeah. Um and I saw like I watched documentaries about cheese and like this and i listened to npr stuff about this and there are videos of and i but i couldn't find them on my own or else i would have shown them to you but there're videos of like news reports in the early 80s and the one i've saw multiple times was out in san francisco and it was the first day that the cheese was being given to people and hundreds of people are swarming this like homeless shelter to get Government cheese. Okay. Yeah. I mean, look, poor people are allowed to really like cheese too. Sure. So now known as government cheese, the additional processing kind of changed the flavor. So it's much more pungent spelling now. Mm-hmm. Um, and unfortunately, some of it is still kind of moldy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, was ultimately distributed to the tune of 300 million pounds of the stuff. Yeah. That's so much cheese. 300 million pounds was distributed to Americans.
1: (laughs) I wonder why we have an obesity problem.
0: Yeah. Um, Some people associated it with hard times. Um, Others were very grateful. It's weird how some people look back on it so fondly because it's like, one, they, they enjoy the taste of it or they have nostalgic like, Oh, this is how this is what my mom made our mac and cheese with, or whatever. Uh-huh. And some people are like incredibly insulted or embarrassed that they had to kind of go on onto this thing. There is uh, a lady who wrote a book about it, and also not just about this, but just about like income inequality and, and poverty yep. in America. And she said that government cheese for her is the only thing that was equal parts fulfilling and humiliating. Ooh. So it's not just a funny thing that, no, <laughs> that happened.
1: It's definitely not. I mean, it. No. There, I can absolutely see there being a huge stigma mm-hmm. on anyone who is cutting cheese out of a barrel in the middle of the street. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that didn't happen, but. Uh... In my brain, it did. OK.
0: Because that makes the history even more exciting. Mm-hmm. So today, some people, like I said, they still remember it fondly. Food writer Tracy Lynn Lloyd recalls how its weird texture made it good for macaroni um, or grilled cheese sandwiches, two of which, two things I freaking love to this day.
1: Is this the invention of American cheese? So, I mean,
0: it. people say now, because, like, it's, it's hard to get your hands on it, like, because people, like, the government's not handing out cheese anymore. So some people have created a recipe for it say like hey we've got the recipe for government cheese I've also found out some people somehow still are getting cheese from the government as part of their like their food stamps or welfare subsidies. okay or, so I guess it's still out there but some people say it's like a combination of Velveeta American and cheddar cheese the three of those okay so yeah it's look, like people have also described it as being this weird day glow orange color
1: <laughs>
0: which like Velveeta is not day glow like it's no. not it's not that orange it's more yellow than orange cheddar i would say is more day glow so i guess probably i guess that's kind of why it's different uh also say it's it's really really salty so like this food writers who said it would be really good for mac and cheese or grilled cheese she says, "If someone made me a grilled cheese with government cheese today, I probably couldn't eat the whole thing. It would just be far too salty for my taste. Wow. But I, I would still take one bite just for the memories. <laughs> that I mean, I'd do the same. Sure. I, I'd, I'd try it. Oh yeah, I'd, I'd try it, and I like salty stuff. I think I might like it. You probably would. You eat trash. I do eat trash. Wall the Wahlbergs at their restaurant, like the Wahlburgers restaurant. Yeah." They claim that every cheese on their burgers is government cheese because it's, in their opinion, the best cheese to put on a burger.
1: You know, that does not surprise me. No. And also shockingly, this is the second time in the history of this podcast that we've mentioned the Wahlbergs. It I is. think I edited the other one out. You did. But we we and that other time we spent a long time talking about them because they're just trash and <laughs> so this does not surprise me a bit like that they serve like the trashiest of all cheeses oh mm-hmm. well, not really because Velveeta is way worse i'm sure so the second trashiest of all
0: cheeses yeah yeah I don't, like well have you have you been to Wal? i've never been to walburg's or, or walburgers or whatever no and now like, i don't want to i don't uh, want to eat their crap cheese i want to because i mean before i knew about the cheese I thought it was just like fine like this is i mean not like fine fine dining not like a five <laughs> not not like
1: not like we have gordon, three michelin stars yeah, not like
0: gordon ramsay's restaurants but like i still thought it was like that's a big de- like hey you go to Wahlburgers, like if you're gonna like if you're in new york or wherever they, they're they've posted up at boston boston that's that's it um oh yeah that's where they're from because oh yeah I remember I remember the mention because I mentioned that he's just Mark Wahlberg doesn't change who he is when he plays people like he played a Texan he played a Texan but he had a Boston accent and it drives me wild but all that to say yeah uh I'd still try it I like I'm curious about like the cheese but I mean that takes us up to the 80s right it does that's where we've that's where we've kind of paused at uh Reagan's distribution distributing
1: yeah is is there a like, i feel like i remember a like picture of reagan holding like a block, a block of, cheese. of cheese at some point like yeah. is that
0: a thing yeah hold now, on. now i want to look s- it up i'll send you a picture I of it
1: feel like I i've seen it. that yeah okay i'll just let you look send it to me
0: yeah um, save me the effort yeah man uh yeah he's holding up exactly what you think man like the picture looks like Velveeta because it's yellow it's not day glow orange but it is it's bigger than a block of Velveeta. It looks like it's probably a five pound block. Um, Here you go. I'm sending it to you right now. There you go. Yep. Yep. That looks familiar. I've seen that picture before. Got that weird smile on his face. But I did
1: not know that he was celebrating the triumph of government cheese.
0: Yep. He's like, hey, we're taking care of our citizens one block of cheese at a time.
1: It looks like the world's biggest stick of Kerrygold butter.
0: Mm-hmm. It's massive. Like you could, I, need it. I don't know what you could build houses out of this stuff. Like the, um, like it's bigger than a normal brick. <laughs> oh man, yeah, it's outrageous. This cheese. So, uh, the government they finally got out of the cheese business in the '90s. They were like, all right, we can't keep subsidizing all this like we can't keep buying all this because like throughout all this time it didn't, they didn't stop purchasing cheese from farmers they were still like we want to help farmers out but the problem is the second Which the government noble. no it's 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 a noble cause but the second the government starts to say like hey we're gonna buy cheese at call or at whatever you don't sell like it, it does mess with the market and and oh, yeah. affects that and so they tried to get out but they Reagan's like, Hey, how can we get out? He's talking to his advisors and some, some economic people. And we're like, Hey, I don't want to destroy the dairy market. Like I don't that nobody wants that. Um, I want, I want the economy to still thrive, but the government can't keep buying all this cheese. So we got to work out a way to get out of this. And then Bush followed that up. And then Clinton followed that up. And they they finally got out of, the cheese business in the 90s what they ended up doing was they Dumping in the ocean no so they they created they're like all right we have to create a legitimate market for it like there needs to be more demand within the market which means we have to encourage uh <laughs> the american no. citizens to buy cheese and we also have to lower production so the gut not only <laughs> did the government, the government bought cows from farmers just to get them to stop producing dairy products. All right. They're like, we will pay you to stop making milk, cheese, butter, all of it. We can't afford, because it's cheaper to buy you out of, of all this stuff than it is for us to keep buying your cheese product. And also, I keep saying cheese product. I know you don't like it. That's the only way it was legally allowed to be sold uh, because
1: <laughs> at, the end of, at the end of all
0: of its processing, it can only be called cheese product. Yeah. Um, it's where we get the orange dusting on Cheetos. Yeah, yeah. Cheese product. So they they bought a ton of cows. I don't know what they did with the cows because now that's a, that sounds like a whole other problem to me. It's like, okay. next week (laughs) the government in the beef industry yeah yeah. um but not only did that they were like we need to incentivize the market to like want milk again that's how you get the got milk campaign
1: that's how you get sammy sosa mark mcguire with big old milk mustaches in
0: 1998 Mm -hmm. yep wow and and it's like you saw them all the time i was i was i went to public school there was never a year that I walked into the cafeteria and I didn't see a Got Milk poster with some celebrity, sports athlete, whatever, with the milk mustache, with the sign. And there's a reason milk is served at school lunch. There's a reason milk is served to federal prisons. There's a reason all this stuff, right? Because the huh. government has so much of it. And it's not something I realized. Now, I, like, I'm doing all this research. I'm like, no, that makes sense. Because I like, in my normal life, I wouldn't think to have milk with, like, corn and Salisbury steak. Like, I don't think that's, no. but the government and public schools are like, yeah, feed the kids that. We've got too much dairy on our hands. We need to get ready to pump it, pump it into the, into the children and and let them grow up with that. Like, it's insane. And I grew up thinking
1: milk was like super healthy. Yeah. Cause like most going people in elementary school, like most it's people like, do. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, now I'm realizing because like I've as I've grown up, I've realized like it's actually not all that healthy. Yeah. Like you don't have to drink milk as a kid in order yeah. to have strong bones. That's yeah. not like calcium's guess, good. Calcium's, calcium's good, good. Yeah. There are other ways to get it. Yeah. But it's like it's like, oh, you don't like you can drink milk with every meal. And I did mm-hmm. like growing up, I drank milk, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Wow! Like always had milk. Like we went through so much milk at my house and we were fine with it. Cause it's like, well, that's healthy. Yeah. Well, it's, it's actually not necessarily as yeah, healthy as milk.
0: Dairy, dairy messes you up. Well, and, and another like messed up thing too, is that like statistically there's, there's more lactose intolerant people than, than there there are not lactose intolerant people. And especially in more minority communities, um, Mm. there's a lot of lactose intolerant people. So the government's like, yeah, we'll help you out. here's some food too bad. You can't eat it. (laughs) um, Enjoy the bloating that this causes this mutated cheese product. Yeah. Like dairy messes you up. And like, I'm a vocalist. It's, it's awful for your voice. It's awful for like, I had a- really bad acne growing up. It's, it's bad for acne. It's bad. Like dairy while delicious is not really, like you said, it's just not healthy for you really. So no. yeah.
1: This is so depressing. Yeah. Cause now I'm like,
0: should I cut dairy out of my diet? Oh no. don't Like, I mean, cut it out, but not like totally like, cause there's some people that are weird and like eat cereal with water. And I'm like, yo, you, you're you messed up. You can't do that. That's not Demons right. Demons
1: look at those people and shudder.
0: Yeah. That's, uh, I don't want my fruity pebbles with water. That's nasty. Ugh. Um, oh, yeah. Those but are the like, people, we should be screening at airports. Definitely. I mean, I cut it out intermittently. So it's like, all right, I know I need to sing in like two days. So I, I'll take it easy. I'm not going to have a milkshake like today or like, because I can tell, or like even right after, it it affects you. And so that's the only time I like cut it out. The rest of the time, I'm pretty, pretty chill with it. I don't do it a ton regularly either because then I'll break out or like,
1: I don't know, little things. All I'm thinking about this whole time is now like, there's cheese in my fridge. I want to go eat it.
0: So <laughs> I told you this kind of ends with the 90s. Yes. But... Not quite, actually. So you lied to me. I did lie to you because it's very recent news. Um, So the government got out of the cheese business in the 90s, but the Trump administration announced that it would start providing subsidies to offset the impact of certain trade agreements on dairy farmers again. So they are buying cheese again. Guess how much cheese the US government has currently? Because it's, I'll tell you, it's more than 500 million pounds. No.
1: Are we at a billion? Have we, are we at a billion pounds of cheese? Higher. I yes. need to go higher. Also, before we, before I keep going on with numbers, are we no longer calling it Day Glow Orange, but are we calling it Trump Orange? We can call it Trump on Orange. On this cheese. <laughs> sure, we can call it that. Okay. Yeah. Um, I hesitate to say like, 5 billion that seems
0: excessive. 6.8 billion pounds (laughs) of of
1: cheese is currently in
0: possession by the U.S. government. I
1: mean, they're just going to give it away. Like,
0: I will, I will take it. 6.8 billion pounds of, I thought 500 million was insane. 6.8 billion pounds is outrageous, man. So, like, there are
1: so many cheese warehouses in this country at this moment and i'm going do i live near one federal how do i figure this out like (laughs) like how do i know where the cheese warehouses are like i can sage a heist i'm cool Mm. with this it's
0: and it's insane like not many people know about this man not many people do like it's, it's unknown. I was talking, like I said, I had lunch, I had had dinner with my family tonight. I asked all of them. I was like, mom, dad, my grandparents were there. I was like, grandma, grandpa, do you remember government cheese? My dad didn't know what I was talking about. My mom was like, yeah, I know what you're talking about. I've never had it. My grandparents were like, yeah, I know what you're talking about. It tastes a lot, kind of like Velveeta mixed with American mixed with cheddar. But they're like, we haven't thought about that in like, at least 30 years so like it's totally exited the american consciousness yeah absolutely um, like especially people that were like alive then now like like there's a there's a video where martha stewart is cooking with cooking food with snoop dog and um because they have a lot in common and um uh government cheese gets brought up because apparently in one of snoop Dogg's songs he raps and mentions government cheese apparently a lot of rap artists mention government cheese talking about like well, it was given to minorities yeah um and um, martha stewart's like where can i buy government cheese and and snoop dogg's like you don't buy it your name has to be on a special list and the government hands it out to you um and they somehow got a hold of a five pound block of it for the this cooking show and they they made stuff with it so yeah it's still out there i don't know where i don't know how to get my hands on it there's
1: seven billion pounds of it
0: like (laughs) if if you're listening and you know how to get and get a hold of of this cheese i i would love to try it please send it our send it my way send it our way
1: Um, i'm currently on a quest to reclaim my abs But I will very happily give that up
0: for cheese. Just to try it. It sounds gross, but I still want to try it. it. So, like in in interviews, like they interviewed one of the cheese graders, and he's like, (laughs) "It was good." Stupidest name. (laughs) Yeah, he's like, "It was good cheese." Like I don't grade bad cheese. Like. I, and he mentioned well, how, what
1: else is he gonna say he's gonna be like know. yeah i'm terrible at my job <laughs> national news media outlet
0: yeah i don't know it was npr so yeah so that's that's the um that's the story of government cheese that's it wow that's where we're at we're at seven
1: billion pounds of cheese
0: yeah which i think we have we have plenty of claim to we're taxpayers that's my cheese man yeah. That's my cheese. I want my cheese. I don't know if I want that cheese, though. But I won't know
1: until I have it. <laughs> and I won't be satisfied until I have it. And also, couldn't you just make butter out of it instead?
0: So, I mean, they're, tr- they're making some butter, yeah. And some powdered dairy. But most of it's cheese. Yeah. No. Yeah. And the reason they originally just handed it out was it because they're like, well, we can't ship it to, like, and eight because cheese doesn't fly well or, or travel well. Yeah,
1: it doesn't have wings.
0: Yeah. Mm. So imagine, like, <laughs> we had enough cheese. We could bomb our enemies <laughs> with cheese. <laughs> It was the late '80s and '90s. We could have taken out Saddam Hussein with the amount of cheese that we had.
1: Why did we not
0: do that? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm just imagining those big old cargo planes, that like dump all the water on forest fires, yeah. and there's just like a whole, <laughs> a whole squadron of them flying over Baghdad, just
0: <laughs> and just out
1: comes day glow cheese. Oh my
0: gosh. <laughs> You, and you know how like the atomic bombs, like Nagasaki and Hiroshima. Hiroshima, there's like people still being born with like cancer from from. Yes. Yeah. The, it would be like that, but with cheese, it's like, yeah, like we don't. Or it it would be like Russian. What's the Russian nuclear disaster place? Um, Chernobyl. Blend, yeah, it'd be like Chernobyl, with cheese. Like, it would be unlivable. <laughs>
1: It's been 25 years, but these babies are still being born with heart blockages.
0: (laughs) Yes, the great cheese wars of the early 90s. I remember it well. (laughs) I have PTSD. (laughs) My PTSD flares up every time I I look at a a grilled cheese sandwich.
1: (laughs) You're just intolerant. Mm, Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, I truly i knew none of that
0: not many people do i'm i'm happy you didn't because yeah yeah
1: like truly none of that i mean when you got started i was like surely i'm gonna know something like something's going to ring a bell here because i was alive for some of this Mm
0: -hmm.
1: now granted like i wasn't old enough to pay attention to anything but I mean, I distinctly remember when the Got Milk campaign launched because I was in elementary school at that time. Mm -hmm. And I like, like I just- It worked. It worked. It worked so well. And I mean, I'm in like third grade and we're all like putting milk mustaches on ourselves because that's the cool thing to do because I saw Michael Jordan do that on a poster. It's not milk,
0: by the way. It's like white makeup. By the Like it's not even milk.
1: Don't, you have ruined everything for me.
0: I'm sorry. That's true.
1: No, I mean, now the thing about, it, of course, it was. Yeah. But that's so sad. <laughs> got
0: milk? I don't. Mm-hmm. It's makeup. Yeah. Well, the fact, because like most people, I, if you ask them, hey, do you know, do you know, got milk? It's like, yeah, of course, I know. Got Everyone milk. Everyone knows got milk. But no one knows wh- why got milk is a thing like that. Got milk wouldn't be a thing if, uh, like Reagan didn't hand out cheese. And if Reagan wouldn't hand out cheese, if Jimmy Carter didn't buy all this cheese and that wouldn't have happened if in 1948, the CCC didn't get started and start this whole process of buying stuff from farmers. And that wouldn't have happened if the great depression didn't, I mean, you can trade, I mean, you can go back as far as you want, but everyone knows about stuff. God hadn't created cows. Yeah, Yeah. Everyone knows like stuff around this, but no one knows or cares about this. And I think it's hilarious and unique. Well, it's just sad. Yeah.
1: We have 7 billion pounds of cheese mm-hmm. as a nation that's owned by our nation, <laughs> that's sitting around. Like, Hold on, how what many? percentage of our GDP is this? <laughs>
0: Hold on. I just want to see how many pounds per person that is. It's so many pounds of cheese per person. How many US citizens are there? There are 328.2 million US citizens. So, how many? 328.2 million.
1: Three hundred
0: twenty-eight million. Now divide six point eight billion by that, and that will tell you how much how much cheese every every American citizen gets.
1: I think I broke my calculator. (laughs) That's (laughs) two hundred and thirteen and a half pounds of cheese per person.
0: Per person. (laughs) Two
1: hundred. Let's round up, 214 pounds of cheese. That every American citizen is entitled to. I want my dang cheese.
0: <laughs> Imagine if just 214 pounds of cheese showed up at your door. Like- well, but I have a household of five, so I'd
1: have over a thousand pounds of cheese. Like, how many dump trucks worth of cheese is this?
0: Oh, man. Dude. <laughs> And I don't want my six hundred dollars stimulus check. I just no. want my cheese. I just want my cheese.
1: I want my dump trucks <laughs> of cheese, and I feel like that needs to be the title of this episode. <laughs> I want my dump trucks <laughs> of cheese. Oh my gosh! Dang, that's outrageous.
0: Yay, government. Yay, government. Yay, cheese. But uh, boo, government cheese. Yes, boo, government cheese. If uh, you know what government cheese tastes like, if you have some, please reach out to us uh you we will be eternally grateful and we will i don't know give you a high five or something in return
1: you can email us at midnightnarwalpod at gmail.com
0: yes you can please do
1: because no one has so far oh that sucks
0: not even the birds aren't real people
1: okay so apparently i didn't actually send it okay like i have a draft where the subject line is i'm overwhelmed by what i know yeah (laughs) sent let's just see if i sent anything mm. nope i didn't actually though i'm so disappointed in me
0: mm, so am i well i to say please email us we'd love to uh hear about your cheese experience or what your favorite cheese is
1: yeah if you have recommendations of cheese that you don't think i've tried that i should let me know
0: mm. do that because i will try it i'm sure he will i might try it depending on the cheese and the availability of it And the overall crappiness of it. Hmm. I have standards. I do. I know you don't think I do, but I do. Okay. Mm -hmm. This has been the Midnight Narwhals episode on government cheese. Yes, it has. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope it blessed your ears.
1: I thought you said this was going to be a fun episode. I'm feeling depressed at the end of this. (laughs)
0: Okay, you shouldn't be depressed. This is great. This is funny and cheese and the fact that there's two that you're entitled to 214 pounds of it that i'll never see i don't know there's a new there's a new president anything can happen
1: true yeah well i'm andy i'm james thanks for listening and i want cheese we'll talk at you next time okay Bye. bye